0: Well, hello and thank you for joining us here at the Jazz Focus, a podcast dedicated to exploring some of the uh, deeper corners of jazz recorded history. We're very happy that you're here with us today and uh, looking forward to hearing some interesting jazz, some things you might not have heard before. And Today we're going to be focusing on the music of drummer Ben Pollock. I should mention my name is John Clark. I sometimes forget to do that. Anyway, John Clark and the Jazz Focus here to play some of the music of Ben Pollock and his Pick-A-Rib Boys. That was the name of the group. Uh, ben Pollock was a drummer who was born in Chicago in 1903. Uh, he had... Uh, Several groups active in Chicago in his early days, in his 20s, he started uh, playing jazz with a group called the New Orleans Rhythm Kings, which was largely a group from New Orleans. They were white musicians who had uh, played in New Orleans around the time of World War I. They had moved to Chicago in about 1921 and started uh, playing at a place called the Friars Inn. They started making recordings around 1922, some with Ben Pollock on drums. and There were some Chicago musicians in there and some New Orleans musicians, and this is the group that's generally given the credit for bringing the New Orleans jazz style to Chicago, at least the uh, first white group to do so. King Oliver's Band was active at the Lincoln Gardens about the same time, and uh, before that, Freddie Keppard had been around, Jill Earl Morton even had been in New Orleans. But this was the first white group to. Um, uh, play in this style of music. And of course, since this was a segregated time, this was really the uh, inroads that white musicians had to learning the style and becoming uh, accustomed to it. And Ben Pollock was one of those young musicians. So they played together for a year and a half, two years before the New Orleans contingent returned to New Orleans, and Ben Pollack uh, went out on his own, starting a dance orchestra um, and playing in some different places in Chicago. His first really major orchestra was begun in about 1925. He started hiring some slightly younger musicians to play in that band, and by 1926, he had a band called Ben Pollack and his Californians. They had done a residency out in California, and the band included some young uh, jazz musicians like Jimmy McCann, Partland on cornet and Benny Goodman on clarinet and uh, they started making recordings in 1926. By 1928 they had moved to New York and were taking New York by storm. They were one of the uh, original white jazz bands in New York, big bands I should say and uh, during their time in New York they had performers like uh, certainly Jimmy McPartland, also Bud Freeman on saxophone, they had of course Benny Goodman, Jack Teagarden was with them for a while on trombone, Glenn Miller was with them on trombone and did some arrangements. Lots of different players uh, and they had a series of, of, of very successful recordings and Pollock was doing very well. Uh, in the early 1930s he kind of transitioned into being a frontman for his band and being a singer. Uh, he brought in his wife or actually he married the singer Doris Robbins who was being featured with the band and he kind of... Um, Uh, Ticked off his musicians They weren't uh, too thrilled with him and his business plan So a lot of them left And he repopulated his band with a number of Slightly younger, again, musicians Who later became the core of the uh, Bob Crosby band Yank Lawson was on trumpet um, uh, Matty Matlock was on clarinet Eddie Miller on tenor sax And some other ones as well And we're going to be hearing from some of those musicians Uh, And as the 30s went on, Pollock uh, continued in the swing era. He started using people like Harry James, Irving Fazola, lots of different people. But he never gave up his interest in Dixieland jazz. Dixieland is a term that was used at the time. Uh, People have some problems with that as being redolent of the Old South now. Uh, Some people prefer the term traditional jazz, which I don't think really quite sums up the type of music we're going to be hearing today. This is a combination of Dixieland jazz, swing jazz, New Orleans type music and pop music as well and with a leavening of what uh, came to be known as Chicago Jazz. So we're going to be hearing this group, as I said, called the Pick-A-Rib Boys. Uh, ben Pollock and his pick rib Boys. And even when he was leading his big band in the 1930s, he featured uh, a couple of recording dates with a cut-down personnel, which was essentially a Dixieland front line of trumpet, trombone, clarinet, tenor, sax, and a rhythm section. And they played some of the earlier repertoire and also some pop tunes in the style of what they were calling Dixieland. And as I mentioned, many of the musicians later went on, or some of the musicians from the, that period went on to become members of the Bob Crosby band, and that was really the kind of stylistic uh, definition of the Bob Crosby group, including their Bobcats, which was their small Dixieland ensemble. So we're going to start with uh, actually a version of the Picker Boys from about 1950. And uh, these were recordings that were made for Savoy uh, and some other labels as well, but mostly for Savoy, the small label that we usually think of as a bebop label. Charlie Parker's recordings were on there, many of them, um, but they had a Dixieland policy as well. So we're going to hear um, some Dixieland standards for you right now and some swing tunes as well. We're going to start out with Fidgety Feet, which was originally called War Cloud. It was a tune that was written by the original Dixieland jazz band around the time of World War I, but was renamed after the war ended. Then we're going to go backwards again to about 1920, one of the big hits of 1920 for Ben Selvin. This is called Dardanella. Then a, another original Dixieland jazz band tune called Sensation. And then we're going to do a real old tune called Mighty lack rose which was a feature for Jack Teagarden, who was guesting with the band at the time. So the band we're actually going to be hearing on these recordings was Ben Pollock's regular band. He had some uh, fairly long and, and, and uh, I would guess, lucrative engagements at various Hollywood clubs. He had uh, settled in... Um, Uh, Los Angeles by the late 1930s, and that's where he pretty much made his uh, home for the rest of his life. Uh, This band consisted of some studio musicians and some other uh, players who went on to do some other things. We have on cornet Dick Cathcart, who was a young player at the time. He later went with Lawrence Welk's band and married one of the Lennon sisters, believe it or not, but he was a very fine jazz cornetist, as we will hear. Uh, we have Mo Schneider on trombone. Matty Matlock is on clarinet. We have Ben Pollock, of course, on drums. I think Ray Sherman is playing piano on here. And um, I believe it's Morty Corb on bass. I'm going to check on that one, and we'll talk about that when we get back. So those are going to be our tunes for right now. Fidgety Feet, Dardanella, sensation, and mighty lack of rose. Ben Pollack's Picker Rib Boys from about 1950 or so. We started out with Fidgety Feet and then went to Dardanella. And uh, those two tunes were recorded, um, I believe, for Savoy. He was recording for the Savoy label. And uh, the personnel on that uh, those two sides were Dick Cathcart, as I mentioned, on cornet. We also had... Uh, Elmer Schneider, who was known as Mo Schneider, on trombone, Maddie Matlock on clarinet, Ray Sherman on piano, Walt Yoder was on bass, and Ben Pollock on drums. And uh, those two tunes were recorded in about 1950, 1951. The dates are a little bit uh, soft and through there. And then also in 1950, we heard Sensation, the original Dixieland jazz band tune. And this tune... um, was uh, done for Discovery, a different small label, uh, and there were several uh, Ben Pollock recordings made for that label. Mostly the same band. We have Dick Cathcart, Mo Schneider, Matty Matlock. Ray Sherman, Bill Newman is on guitar on this one, along with Walt Yoder and Ben Pollack. So some good uh, good musicians in there. Most of these musicians were active in the uh, West Coast studios, in the movie studios, doing soundtracks and so forth, and they did jazz as well on the side. They'd all come out of the big band era and ended up on the West Coast uh, one way or another, I suppose. Matty Matlock had come out with the Bob Crosby Band, and he's really the, the key figure in this um, sort of renaissance of Dixieland jazz, I guess you'd have to say. He was a very fine clarinet player, but he was a really gifted arranger. He could arrange this type of music like nobody else, and Part of his skill came from having worked for the Bob Crosby Band all throughout the 1930s. He was born in 1907 in Paducah, Kentucky, and played in some territory bands. He actually recorded in 1928 with Jimmy Joy's band. Um, I'm not sure if he had any solos with them. I don't think he did, but he played in the section. And then he made it to New York in the early 30s. He started playing with Ben Pollock's band, played with a lot of the uh, uh, musicians in that orbit, like Jack Teagarden, and uh, made some recordings with Wingy Minone and different people as uh, time went on. He recorded and some arrangements, I believe, for uh, a series of uh, a series that was done by the Clark Randall Orchestra. That was a pseudonym for a singer named Frank Taneel who is better known, I guess if he's known at all, as the father of Tony Taneel of the Captain and Tenille. Um, But he was a big band vocalist, kind of one of those high tenor vocalists, and he recorded um, I think about ten tunes in the middle 1930s with largely the nucleus of the Bob Crosby band that had just left Ben Pollock's employ, and Matty Matlock was a key member of that group. And as I said, then he went with uh, the group that became the Bob Crosby Orchestra and he was their chief arranger. He and Bob Haggart uh, together uh, crafted a lot of that band's book that was based in earlier styles of jazz. And then after leaving that band or after that band breaking up in the early 1940s, he found himself in California, stayed there and worked for the rest of his life until he passed away in 1978 in the studios doing um, some film work, doing uh, background music for other jazz soloists, doing Dixieland Records. He led a band, uh, uh, on record anyway, called the Paducah Patrol and the Rampart Street Paraders. Those were two uh, groups that he did most of the arranging work for. He also rejoined the Bob Crosby guys on on, on various tours over the years uh, and uh, did quite well with that. And we can hear his playing and some of his arranging on these Ben Pollock sides. In fact, we can hear some of the um, prototype arrangements that he did for his later groups as well. So after that sensation, we went to Mighty Lack of Rose, which was a feature for Jack Teagarden, who came back to sit in with his old boss, Ben Pollock, in 1952. And uh, that was a similar band, except Charlie Teagarden, Jack's brother, was on trumpet. Probably Mo Schneider was playing in the uh, section on trombone. Ray Sherman, Bill Newman, Ben Pollock, Matty Matlock, and uh, Morty Corb was on bass on that one. I had mentioned him earlier on. And I threw in one at the end called uh, Morocco, and that was uh, done in 1938. That was the Ben Pollock band after they landed in Los Angeles. They'd been largely based in New York in the 1930s with some tours, but by the fall of 1937 they were in California. And we're going to hear some other sides that they recorded out there as well. Of course, he had the big band, but he was making a series of recordings probably inspired by the Bob Crosby Bobcats recordings or the Tommy Dorsey Clambake 7. Um, The little dixieland combo out of the big band and he called us his pick a rib boys and we heard on morocco clyde hurley on trumpet joe yule on trombone ben Cantor on clarinet he was an outstanding clarinet player who was active in new york he played with benny goodman's first band for the uh, let's dance broadcast but didn't go on tour so he didn't stay with him happy lawson was on tenor sax charles levere the legendary uh chicago piano player Bob Hemphill on guitar, Slim Jim Taft on bass, and Ben Pollock on drums. And that was called Morocco. So that's going to bring us into our next set, which is uh, largely from the fall of 1937. I should mention Morocco was actually April of 1938. The band had changed over considerably at that point. Um, the band in uh, the fall of 1937 was uh, pretty much the band that he had taken out from uh, New York in um, the year before or so, and this featured a number of Dixieland musicians. We're going to hear Muggsy Spanier, the great Chicago cornet player, Ted Vesley on trombone, Ben Cantor again on clarinet, King Guillaume on tenor sax, Bob Lane is on piano, Jerry Mac- or excuse me, Gary McAdams on guitar, Francis Palmer on bass, and Ben Pollock on drums, and we're going to hear. Oh, about four or five tunes from this group. This is a a, a wonderful little group. Obviously, they played together quite a lot. They had some neat little arrangements going and uh, some pop tunes as well as some jazz tunes. We're going to hear California, Here I Come, appropriate enough. The old standard, Alice Blue Gown. Then we're going to hear Snake Charmer, and then we're going to end up with my wild Irish rose. So that'll be our four tunes. All of this, all of these came from a recording date for Decca on September 11th of 1937. So again, California, here I come. Alice, blue gown. The snake charmer and my wild Irish rose. <laughs> some September 1937, recordings done in Los Angeles for Decca Records. Ben Pollock and his pick a rib boys are uh, featuring quite a cast of characters. We started out with California Here I Come, which was pretty evenly divided between um, pianist uh, Bob Lane, doing some nice boogie-woogie in there, and Ben Cantor, a very fine clarinet player, not very well known. He recorded a few things in the 1930s in, in New York. I don't know where he came from originally. I know he was a, a teacher for most of his life, too. I had a friend who actually studied with him in the 19. 30s. Um, but a very good jazz player, as we just heard. From California Here I Come, then we went on to Alice Blue Gown, which featured Cantor again and Lane, and also Muggsy Spanier on cornet. Muggsy. Uh was in 1937. He had uh, been bouncing around in the 30s. He played with Ted Lewis and his band um, and uh, done some things on his own, of course, but then he joined Pollock's band for a couple of years. He ended up going with the Bob Crosby band much later, but in between then, he put his own uh, Dixieland traditional jazz band, to get band together called the Ragtimers, and they recorded the Great Sixteen. Sixteen sides that, in some ways, kind of defined the traditional jazz um, development from that period. It was both looking back to New Orleans and the original Dixieland Jazz Band and looking forward, or presently in his case, to the swing era. So a very interesting uh, recording group, and it was led by Mark Z. Spanier, who had a very long and colorful career uh, doing this type of music. And then we went to the Snake Charmer. Now, Ben Pollack always said that he was the drummer who invented uh, the idea of jungle drums playing with clarinet. You usually think of Gene Krupa and Benny Goodman, but Pollock said that in the late 1920s, uh, he and Goodman would do the same thing in his band, and Goodman took the idea and used it in his own band with Gene Krupa and became much more famous, of course. And Ben Pollock always kind of felt like history had passed him by, I think, and that he was unjustly forgotten by history. He ended up unfortunately committing suicide uh, in 1971 I think it was. He was uh, had having health problems and financial problems and uh, wasn't playing very much and uh, just things get to be too much for him unfortunately. So we uh, well we have a couple more don't we? We went on from Alice Bluegown and Snake Charmer to end up with My Wild Irish Rose, another one that featured Muggsy Spanier. We also heard some Ted Vesely on trombone and a little bit of King Guillaume on tenor sax after that as well. So as I said, Ben Pollack, was uh, pretty much a resident of California for the rest of his life. He uh, stayed uh, in the Los Angeles area. He played a number of uh, residencies in different clubs. He opened his own club, Pick a Rib Club, and uh, ran some other um, establishments as well. He made cameos in several films, the Benny Goodman story, the Glenn Miller story, uh, and his band played at Disneyland, the uh, Dixieland at Disney concerts that they had there. And he had a pretty stable group. Usually Matty Matlock was in it and was presumably the music director, Uh, but uh, Pollock uh, certainly uh, made his presence known, and his bands always sounded very much alike. I forgot to mention one other interesting little sidelight of Ben Pollock's career. After he gave up his band in the early 40s, he became music director for Chico Marx of the Marx Brothers. He was touring with a dance band, playing his own sort of uh, kind of original piano style, I guess you'd have to say that, and had a band that was backing him, and Ben Pollock led that group. So, we're going to listen to in our last set several recordings that the Pollock Band made uh, for world transcriptions. These were transcriptions that were marketed to radio stations for use in uh, broadcasts or as filler material or whatever um, we've had some of these on programs before and uh, this is a fairly late one this is for world transcriptions in 1950 I didn't realize they were still making uh, transcriptions for world at that late but Ben Pollock did two dates in April and May and uh, recorded about 20 sides uh, all fairly short but some very good jazz nonetheless and these featured the band that we heard from earlier dick Cathcart, motion Maddie Matty Matlock, uh, Ray Sherman, Walt Yoder, and Ben Pollock, and playing obviously rehearsed, arranged, uh, well-thought-out arrangements. Uh, many of these are by Matty Matlock, and uh, many of them uh, copy uh, some of the studio recordings that Pollock made uh, during this period and before also. So we're going to hear four tunes. We're going to hear the San Antonio Shout, which is a Wingy Minone tune that he kind of uh, took from a, a 20s tune that Spider spiderbeck and Frank Trumbauer recorded called uh, there will Come a Day, and he simplified it a bit, and it became the San Antonio Shout, and the uh, Crosby Band recorded this. This is a, a, a not terribly well-known, but a very fine Dixieland tune. At the Jazz Band Ball will be after that. That was from the book of the original Dixieland Jazz Band. Echo in the Cavern, which is a blues performance. It's going to feature Dick Cathcart. And I Can't Give You Anything But Love by Jimmy McHugh. And that's going to feature some very nice Maddie Matlock clarinet playing. So this is the Ben Pollock pick Boys and those tunes, which we will hear. San Antonio Shout at the Jazz Band Ball, Echo in the Cavern, and I Can't Give You Anything But Love. There's some great uh, playing. You can't really call that Dixieland. It's really a swing band playing some of the Dixieland repertoire. I transposed two of the tunes here, but I'm sure you figured it out. We started out with San Antonio Shout, and then we went to Echo in the Cavern, that blues tune. Then we went to Jazz Band Ball and finished up with I Can't Give You Anything But Love. All Lovely playing by all the players. That last one especially, uh, Maddie Matlock and Dick Cathcart on cornet were just outstanding. Uh, we heard some very fine trombone by Mo Schneider, Ray Sherman on piano, Walt Yoder on bass, and Ben Pollock on drums. We get to hear him play out a little bit on a couple of those tunes. So I hope you've enjoyed the Ben Pollock program, Ben Pollock Rib Boys. This is some some very high-level professional playing from 1937 all the way up to about 1952. And uh, get to enjoy especially some of the arrangements by maddie matlock which were much more uh familiar to us from later bands but they were clearly being developed at this point so you've been listening to the jazz focus hope you've been enjoying these my name is john clark and uh we've been on anchor.fm here for quite a while and uh hope you're you're patronizing uh, our, our, our various uh, platforms, whether Spotify or Apple Music. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the program, you know what to do. There's a little button right above the menu, I believe, on most of those uh, uh, platforms to let you know that uh, we're looking for your help. So hopefully you're interested enough to keep us going on these programs. So until the next time, this is John Clark and Jazz Focus, and I'll see you on
1: the other side.